is episode 215 of the A News podcast to digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. This is the third week of three weeks of topics of the week on solidarity. This particular one is about political prisoners. We will also have a reading of something new from the anarchist library read by Octox. And thanks to Ariel and a friend for their conversation on this week's topic of the week. On this segment of What's New in the Anarchist Library, I will read Radical Left, I Am Breaking Up With You, written by Anonymous, published originally in February 25 of 2020 in the German anarchist journal Sondlumpen, or Ignition Rags, translated by Maelstrom in 2021. I'll also add that this is just one of many texts that are uploaded daily by Anons like you. There are texts of all flavors, and if you use the search bar and the different filters, you're sure to find something that pleases your tastes. After several years as an anarchist in the radical left, because I thought that I would find people there who would share my ideas, which in some cases also happened, today I am at a point where I ask, how could I ever believe that anarchy and the radical left are somehow compatible? The fact that I succumbed to this error is also due to the natural participation of many anarchist people in the radical left movement and the naturalness with which anarchy is understood as part of left ideologies, perhaps reinforced by the protection of the constitution with both the radical left movement and anarchism classifies it as left-wing extremist. Here, completely contrary ideas come together under the concept of the radical left. Authoritarian communists from the DKP, the FDJ, or the MLPD, the Party de Linka, and its many sub- and youth organizations and foundations more autonomous communist groups and libertarian communists, autonomous and post-autonomous groups and anarchists. All these people and ideas are summarized under the term the radical left or the radical left movement. For so many left-wing radical people on the radical left, anarchy is somehow part of it, even if it is ridiculed by many as naive and lacking in theory. And only has to admit, although by no means everyone who feels they belong to the radical left movement, that its criticism of authoritarianism might not be completely wrong after all. However, one size shaking his head, would people who were exclusively interested in anarchy do not see the anarchist theory does not encompass the complexity of the world, which can be seen from the fact that anarchists cannot produce a Bible like Marx's Capital and do not have complicated writing intellectual authorities who would help shape the academic discourse and would enjoy prestige in the university landscape. Apart from the fact that there are unfortunately already people who think they can make their contribution to anarchy by climbing the career ladder in the academic world while researching anarchy, it is of course clear that anarchists with their distrust of authorities of all kinds and their hatred of state and non-state institutions as well as the teaching industry and trust in their own judgment and their ability to speak for themselves and only for themselves, cannot produce any such publications or theories. Anarchy is often, depending on the individual only to a certain extent, defamed, but at the same time ostensibly integrated. Spicing communism with the anarchist elements is believed by many to be the most fruitful combination of the two. Anarchists' ideas are falsified beyond recognition with the exception of extra-parliamentary opposition, registered demonstrations and rallies, demands on the state, projects funded by the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation, fixed groups, plena with speech leader and speech list, capitalist publishers, symbolic acts such as igniting a bengalo at a demo, etc. The whole boring repertoire of left activism. Also for people who consider themselves anarchists to become the epitome of anarchist rebellion. While many may occasionally criticize authoritarian structures within the radical left, they still believe that they basically share the same ideas. For years I believed that too, but recently I've become more and more aware that we simply have absolutely nothing in common. As the name of the radical left already suggests, it is located far to the left within a parliamentary party system and sees itself as as an extra-parliamentary opposition. This means that people decide to stand up with their positions outside of parliament and sometimes, within a certain framework, 
to go beyond the limits of the legal and thus force changes within the system. For many, this does not exclude cooperation with political parties and their various sub-organizations. Of course, that still means wanting to participate in the parliamentary process, just outside the parliament. Extra-parliamentary is not anti-parliamentary. It does not mean a radical rejection of the state and rule in general. To be left only makes sense in the context of parliamentary understanding. Of course, a term is just a term and many people who feel they belong to the radical left clearly see themselves as anarchists and reject the state and rule. In addition, the radical left, as opposed to the democratic left, basically has the desire to change or even overturn the currently prevailing system. However, since the basis of the radical left is communist in nature, most of them are united by the vision of a new, fairer social order, which, depending on people and ideas, is diffused to very concrete and differently authoritarian, but rarely includes a rejection of any order. In addition, many are, for the time being, satisfied with standing up for reforms or with partial struggles, or probably also hope that such partial struggle movements will eventually result in a revolutionary mass that will shake the current system. But can't anarchism still be part of the radical left because of that? In asking myself this question, I find it worthwhile to reflect on how communism and anarchy the ideas that are at the base of the radical left differ, and that is clearly the attitude towards rule and state. Anarchism clearly rejects both, while communism finds both acceptable as a means to an end. The radical left, in contrast to communism, is the more diffuse, less uniform, less authoritarian development of classical authoritarian communism, with more diversity, more different opinions due to the experience with real socialist regimes as well as democratic and anarchist influences. A less concrete plan than that of the old classical communist cadres. However, the basis of the radical left remains communism, even if for most of them with significantly less authoritarian ideas. For me, however, anarchy cannot be part of the radical left because for me, anarchy means rejecting and attacking rule in any form. This also means seeing the state and all of its organs and institutions as my enemies. For me, it also means to refuse the political game in its entirety. I do not want to speak for others or advocate for the rights of a group, nor for rights in general, since the judicial system and its whole ideology is domineering. I don't make alliances, I don't found a group or a party, I don't submit to any ideology or leaders, I don't negotiate, I don't compromise, I don't present myself as the avant-garde or an alternative. I am fighting for my freedom and looking for accomplices that I can conspire with. I don't want a new social order, because the idea of a social order is already authoritarian but I want to free myself from any order and morality that restricts my actions. For me, that also means absolute uncompromisingness with regard to my anti-domination ideas. But this is not compatible with the radical left, which in large parts has no clear hostility to rule, and in some cases even welcomes rule, if it is exercised by the right people. To see myself as part of the radical left, or to locate myself accordingly, or to participate, means for me to give up this uncompromising attitude. It means that I mediate that anarchism and authoritarian ideas, and this also includes standing up for or against individual laws or entering into alliances with democratic or other non-domineering people, are compatible. This fundamentally contradicts the anarchist idea, and thus turns it into a hollow phrase that no longer has any content. I am not at all a fan of adorning myself with an identity or giving myself any fancy name, and especially of submitting to a group ideology. Nevertheless, I get suspicious when people have reservations about the concept of anarchism or anarchy and prefer to stay with the radical ones. Locating the left as the supposedly looser affiliation because for me anarchism and anarchy means nothing more than the radical rejection of any rule in any form, in contrast to the term radical left. For me that can only mean that this person is not fundamentally hostile to rule, but we certainly do not share a consensus, not even minimally, with regard to our ideas. What good is it for me to see anarchy as part of the radical left? Why is there such an umbrella term at all that combines so many different ideas under one general name? Anarchism and communism have a long history in common, from anarcho-syndicalism and anarcho-communism to platformism. Many people have tried to combine anarchism and communism, but from the beginning there were always anarchists who could not discover anything in common with the communists. Those who saw their individual freedom threatened by the authoritarian ideas of communism and 
corresponding anarchist actors who have not yet seen themselves as part of the left-wing radical or communist movement. Communism, as well as the communist variants of anarchism, always require a mass, that is, a large number of people coming together in order to act together with a goal and to force changes through their mass. How do you achieve such greatness, especially when the golden days of mass organizations are over? In any case, it seems to bring together practically all possible ideas under the term radical left. Those who follow the discourses within the radical left, at least a little, will probably not be able to avoid hearing the calls for unity and the warning of division over and over again. Allegedly, they all have the same goal, and you don't have to get into each other's hair over any little thing. How many times have I heard this call when I or others criticized something? Be it a criticism of Radhilfa, orthodox Marxists, anti-semitism or authoritarian behavior, especially when this criticism was also expressed in a journalistic way. I heard that one could lead such disputes internally, but not externally, and that people still have to show solidarity with everyone, especially in times of a shift to the right. It is currently said, for example, that all progressive or emancipatory forces should stick together. Already a clever move to include anarchists in the universe of the radical left in order to then counter criticism with the accusation of division and to admonish conformist behavior because only in the mass and in unity are people strong. Otherwise, one would play the counter-revolutionary, the fascist forces, or currently the AFD in the cards, a trick that communists used in revolutionary Russia from 1917 to 1921, or in Spain in 1937, and which has wonderfully worked to this day. Those who rely on contravailing power need unity and mass. Who, as I and how I understand anarchism, fights every power and starts only for himself as an individual, distrusting any mass, any unity, and despising the suffocation of substantive criticism with the help of rhetorical tricks and opposes the political game that is playing into the hand of neither right or left authoritarian assholes, but fights no matter where the political wind blows from for their own freedom. This is one of the reasons why I am so vehemently opposed to assigning anarchy to the radical left, because I see how people try to silence me and my criticism, admonish me to make political calculations, to use me for themselves and their ideas that are not mine. I see that people with whom I have nothing in common, who represent authoritarian ideas, think that we should be on the same side of a united front. I see that many are not interested in a serious discussion about ideas, and just want to emerge from a debate as winners, just want to distinguish themselves, want to gain authority. That is why I declare my break with the radical left. May she perish because of her united front mentality and her sympathy for communism and politics in general. new this week, the revolt in Haifa from CrimeThink. As a bad anarchist who has not been paying any attention to the events happening in Palestine right now, this piece works as both a condensed background on 1948 and 1967 in Palestine, as well as a timeline of current events. That being said, it is pretty heavy on journalism and pretty light on anarchy, which seems expected with CrimeThink. Quote, the Shabaab, the youth fighting in the streets, the kids erecting barricades against the police and setting trash bins on fire, are completely alienated from any form of political force. They work in small, informal groups, and many of them don't give a fuck about politics at all. They come from the far edges of Palestinian society in 48, the direct consequence of the Zionist attempt to reduce the society to internal chaos. They are gangsters, drug dealers, outlaws of any kind, youth without a future from the poorest villages, towns, and neighborhoods of 48 Palestine, the lumpen proletariat, and the most important thing, they are completely uncontrollable. The traditional politics of organizations, political parties, respectable religious leaders, and NGOs mean nothing to them. Unquote. They also used that protest photo from a Palestinian village where someone is holding a big circle A, so apparently there are some anarchists somewhere. A free Palestine, what does it mean? From aInfos.ca by Mazen Kamalmas. A not super well translated piece laying out an anti-status position on Israel and Palestine. Quote, 
But can anyone imagine or mention a state that is not a colonial? Of course we can. All weak states avoid attacking their neighbors and refrain from occupying other nations who can defend themselves successfully. But unfortunately, no one can tell for sure how they would act if they become stronger than their neighbors. Who can assure that the free Palestine statesmen or generals will not try to occupy their Arab or non-Arab neighbors if they could, unquote? Yes, rumor number four from rumor.noblogs.org. This edition out of the Netherlands, soon to be available for cheap or from Little Black Cart, is rich. It has nuanced conversations about A, anarchist actions during popular protests, specifically during the recent anti-curfew actions, B, accountability. Here the magazine uses three different texts, all of them pretty solid, to deepen the conversation of their experiences, and C, actions against infrastructure, and D, thoughts on COVID. There is also reporting on actions in that part of the world. The English translation is spotty, but intelligible, well worth reading. The entry on Anus doesn't do justice to the contents of this issue. Check it out. Apple Hope from supporteric.king.org. An incredibly sweet and also heartbreaking piece from Eric King, using the image of a prison apple's leaf to meditate on strength. Quote, Apple showed me what I know and that prison tries to blind us to, that we can survive intact. They can ship us far away from our families, handle us roughly, send us through the bureau conveyor belt, pack us in like beasts, but they underestimate our will. They've never known revolutionary strength and solidarity in their hearts. They've never known what it is like to truly feel love, not just by family, who are stronger and more loving than prisons could ever dream, but by friends and even comrades who are strangers, our enemies will never experience what you and I have known all along. They can hurt us, but they will never lay a finger on our love, hope, and joy. We are stronger than any prison torture, unquote. Eric remains an incredible example of keeping one's anarchist spirit alive all locked up. And while I'm unsure if he can currently receive letters, you should still definitely write, write him, him today. today. Sean Swain is up for parole via email. Title says it all. Woohoo! Sean has a parole hearing set for August and is raising $3,500 to hire a lawyer who, quote, has successfully sued the Ohio Parole Board for their unfair practices and is currently suing them again, having counsel with this credibility greatly increases Sean's odds of getting out, unquote. You can donate via Cash App, which apparently doesn't work in Europe, to the absolute consternation of one a non-commenter. Belarus Repression Update May 2021 from Anarchist Black Cross Belarus. This is a particularly scary time to be in Belarus as Lukashenko gets more outrageous and anarchists, especially the ones already imprisoned, are of course among the most vulnerable. This post gives us updates on the trials of about eight different anarchists, as well as the roughly 760 people detained for protesting, the direction that resistance is taking now, and transparency about where the money goes that is collected by ABC Belarus. Quote, question, what happens with the protest? Answer, in general, most people are now afraid to go on street protests, so mostly the activity is limited to smaller symbolic actions in the neighborhoods. At the same time, a lot of work is dedicated to international pressure on the regime, like canceling sports events, banning Belarus from the Eurovision, putting pressure on businesses to not cooperate with the regime. Special teams are working on collaboration with state workers from different institutions who desire change, or trying to unite all workers and have them prepared for a national strike. A few political figures agitate for a one-time protest that would involve counteraction to the police, day X. However, the date is always postponed as there are hardly a lot of people who are even open to go on a peaceful protest under these circumstances. A lot of people are hoping that economic sanctions will make the regime step back and open up to negotiations, unquote. A call from the dark dungeons from june11.noblogs.org. A statement from Thomas Meyer Falk, a German anarchist arrested after a bank robbery planned to organize money for political projects. Here he reflects on the slow death of long-term incarceration. Quote, Long-term prisons are among the darkest, most sinister places in society. There, the alleged evil is supposed to be banished, imprisoned, eradicated. But one look at any daily newspaper, any TV program is enough. The evil has not disappeared. It has not been banished. The idea that locking up hundreds of thousands of people for decades would improve the world one iota is an illusion. Perhaps one that societies and their rulers need, already as a threatening backdrop for coming uprisings. Look here, we will throw you into the darkest holes, and there you will vegetate until the natural end of your lives. Unquote. Irish Anarchist Prisoner Turns 30 from Dairy Anarchist Black Cross at abcireland.wordpress.com. John Paul Whitten, a young man falsely convicted, is in prison where he is doing good work. Quote, 
John Paul is an anarchist who continues to be active whilst being held in the notorious Mavaberry jail in Ireland, assisting many prisoners in knowing their rights whilst incarcerated and expressing solidarity with other prisoners throughout the world. He is active writing and commenting on current situation in Ireland from an anarchist perspective, as well as on other social justice cases which remain close to his heart. A talented musician and an excellent guitarist, penning many songs, some of which have been aired during a number of industrial workers of the world online social events as an incarcerated worker. Songs written by himself on a number of social justice and class struggle issues, unquote. The address to write him and his friend, also in prison, but not for his 30th birthday, I guess, are both posted. Natasha temporarily transferred from malakota.noblogs.org. I noticed that Natasha is being moved to Vigivano prison as the Cynthia parcel bomb trial begins. Also gives a Vigivano mailing address for Natasha, though no info on language preference. Interview with Juan Rain from Mio Mun's blog on libcom.org. A surprisingly good interview of an anarchist sex worker in the U.S. Surprising because it's off of Libcom, if nothing else. The anarchist talks about how they got into the life, negotiated being non-binary, and the increasing repression in the U.S. against sex workers, explains the differences between state responses to sex work, including the Nordic model, legalization, and decriminalization, and makes a strong argument for how sex work is work, which apparently broke the mind of at least one and on. Quote, In the past, I could easily get clients without having to put up any pictures of myself or attaching a name and identity to my ad. With fewer advertising spaces and smaller pool of potential clients, more sex workers have to establish social media presence to find clients and to reassure them that we are not scammers or law enforcement. This makes us more vulnerable to surveillance. I actually started Twitter to find more clients after Craigslist and Backpage were closed. When clients and income become more scarce, sex workers take more risks to make the money for rent and for survival, thus increasing our vulnerability. I am privileged in that I've never had to work on the street, which is the most dangerous but also the most accessible way to do sex work. It is dangerous because of increased exposure to police and less ability to screen clients. Although, since I wasn't talking to other sex workers and had no peer support networks, I didn't use to screen my clients either, unquote. Surprising how bad at reading some anons are, right? Arson at the German Institute of Thessaloniki from Athens Indie Media, a communique that focuses on a list of examples of German nationalism being alive and active. Quote, responding to the call of the comrades from the gang for the diffusion of fire, arson attack against the tax bureau of Chalargos in Athens, we integrate our action into the campaign for solidarity with the anarchist fugitive Dimitris Chatsifasiliadis and the anarchist hostage Vagelis Dathopoulos. Unquote. International solidarity to the three imprisoned comrades from Athens Indie Media. A call for solidarity. Quote, the trial of the anarchist prisoners Constantina Athanasopoulos, Giannis Nicolaitis, Dimitra Valavani begins on May 31st. The comrades have been arrested after a weapon was found. Giannis took full responsibility for this. From the first moment of their arrest, a campaign was launched to discredit and criminalize by the media. Meanwhile, numerous accusations were added to their trial in order to frame the comrade as a criminal organization, with the implication of a more severe sentence. In the trial that starts on May 31st, the essence is that the state will try to condemn the struggle choices of our comrades in order to show through their exemplary punishment the futility of the struggle. Risky and costly choices, such as escape from prison, the choice of means, practical solidarity with the persecuted were, are, and will remain an integral part of the history of the anarchist struggle. We today experience history lived by those who took up arms against capitalist domination, those who gave life to anarchist ideas, those who acknowledge that the struggle for individual and collective liberation develops through the war against the state and capital, unquote. Statement from John Paul Wooten from june11.noblogs.org. Statement from an Irish Republican turned anarchist reflecting on that shift and being locked up at the age of seven fucking teen. Quote, in keeping with my new values, I left the comfort of the Republican prisoner community and entered the ordinary prisoner population. This was a difficult decision as I was leaving behind not only an ideology and culture I now fundamentally disagreed with, but also good friends and comrades. I continue to do what I can to promote positive change. I continue to challenge my ongoing imprisonment and fight back against the state and different forms of domination. Unquote. Audio and video recording of Jewish anarchist panel from Outside the Circle by Cindy Milstein. This is an entire hour and 40 minutes on Cindy's newly published collection called There is Nothing So Whole as a Broken Heart. It is a recorded session from the Edinburgh Anarchist Feminist Book Fair. Includes two people talking about the project of the Pink Peacock, which is a queer Yiddish anarchist space in Glasgow that is close to opening. 
To the extent that this is not an advertisement for the book, it's for people talking about Jewish ritual to a presumably non-Jewish audience. I didn't listen to every word, but it doesn't seem like what's happening in Palestine came up at all, which seems like a decision that is very telling in some way. Spirituality is distinct from events in the world, grief as a time of turning inward, and or the focus on product rather than difficult topical conversations. But maybe I just missed it. Readings on Identity from the Anarchist Library from Immediatism.com, episodes 485 through 493, 41, 19, 28, 17, 10, 20, 20, 20, and 30 minutes respectively. Here, Immediatism presents a number of readings on mostly race and ethnicity, with a little bit of gender thrown in there. I listened to three selections, What is Race by Neil Keating, Essentialism and the Problem of Identity Politics by Lawrence Drock, and Locating a Green and Pink Anarchy by Artsmix Graham I think it's just Artemis. Artsmiss. Okay, you do it. No, yep. I like yours. Artsmiss. I like yours better. Artsmiss. Don't you can't the X isn't silent. What are you trying to silent X's for? (sighs) By Artsmiss Graham Thoreau. The first two are your pretty standard demonstrations of identity as social construct, whereas Artsmiss's piece is more about how anarchy is pure negation and that being queer and wild are the same thing because reasons. Also, flags. of the week. Solidarity, Anarchist Prisoners. Quote, our work renews our fidelity to freedom and a life in common. It affirms to us, in our doubt and confusion, that anarchy lives in our day-to-day lives and connects us to a rich and vibrant history of free, spirited revolt. It asserts that anarchy will be combative or it will be dead. Solidarity with Anarchist Prisoners is not for us a humorless endeavor, a duty-infected routine, it is generative play and the substantiation of free community. Will you join us? Call for June 11th, 2021. When I think of anarchist prisoner support, I think mostly of pain. The pain of those locked up, the pain of those supporting imprisoned loved ones, and the pain of fighting day after day with the Leviathan that is the prison system. The stories I've heard of longtime prison supporters seem to confirm this image illuminating a path of constant grinding through bureaucracy, prison fuckery, and bullshit Also, that their people don't end up being tortured, starved, or killed any more than is usual in prison. But surely that isn't the only experience out there for prison support. I tend to agree with the June 11th folks that it is something that if something becomes solely a duty, a humorless endeavor, then it often becomes a dead thing for all involved. And the opportunity for solidarity to become drudgery and duty seems to increase 1,000-fold in the context of prison support. So with that in mind, I'm interested in how folks who have done prison solidarity are doing prison solidarity, been adjacent to it, or where the recipient of prison solidarity feel about this dynamic. What kept you going while doing prison support, even when it felt hopeless? Was it sheer will? Small victories? Where and when did you feel joy while doing it? How might we do prison solidarity differently to avoid at least some of the pitfalls of duty? Should we shift our focus from letter writing, noise demos and such to prison breaks? Dropping weapons into prison yards via drone? Or should we jump on the prison abolition will save us all bandwagon? Tell me! Greetings, Anarchy Land. Ariel here. I am very excited about today's topic of the week uh, because in the, uh, uh, in the name of talking about prisoner solidarity and upping the fact that June 11th is just around the corner. I actually have on the line with me today, um, two people who work on the June 11th project. I'd like to welcome Wode and Caitlin. Hello. 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 Thank you both for giving some of your time and talking to me. Um, I want to start out really generally. Um, Would one of you talk about um, the June 11th project? organization group collective i'm not sure what word i want anyway talk about it uh tell us uh uh what it is maybe a little bit about its history about what it's doing about uh june 11th as the day uh whatever you like okay go yeah so june 11th is the international day of solidarity with marius mason and long-term anarchist prisoners um the day june 11th 
was chosen and started um, as support for Jeff Lors. Um, after he got out a few years later, the June 11th project was resurrected, um, initially focused on Marius Mason and Eric McDavid. Um, and then Eric also got out, and it's changed a little bit again over the years um, to include some other anarchist prisoners, both in the U.S. Um, and trying to um, to also support people internationally. Um, there's more details on the history of June 11th on the website at june11.org. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Marius Mason has been inside for how long now? Roughly. Mm. It was what, mid 2000s? Yeah, it's like 2005 operation like back in 2000? December, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so then this is June of 2021. So that's 15 going on 16 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember that when uh, Jeff Lures went inside, Free also went inside. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does he still in? Or no, Jeff got out in... Uh... 2000, free out in 2009, I believe, okay. um, after after a few years. And he, he was originally sentenced to 22 years for um, That's what I arson remember. of, of a car dealership. Yeah. Um, but they, they appealed and he got out a few years. And that, okay. that was when June 11th kind of lost its uh, uh, momentum a little bit. And uh, the momentum was renewed after the Green Scare began um, with Operation Bite Back. And uh, there's a, a lot of connections drawn beyond the, the green anarchist movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, initially there was, I know there was uh, connections with like the shock seven uh, uh-huh. arrest and repression. Um, but it, uh, you know, organically, like uh, Keelan said, organically got bigger in some ways. International would maybe be a better descriptor um, as, as you know, there've been consistently international solidarity expressed on that day. And, and so then it, it made sense that it began to, um, relate to international anarchist prisoners as well. Uh, and are you all connected to any uh, events, happenings, particular things that are going on, on or around June 11th, the day itself, that we want to tell people about? Um, sort of. <laughs> I was involved in, in organizing a lot of events since... Um, probably 2013, give or take. Um, this year, I'm less directly involved uh-huh. in uh, the events, but um, there's at least eight announced events that you can find on the June 11th website as well. Great. Um, but there's stuff happening in, in Philadelphia, uh, Portland, Oregon, Milwaukee. Um, there was just a letter-writing day at Zine Fest in Minneapolis uh, this past Sunday, um, so a movie night in Cincinnati, um, yeah, there's a demo, like a noise demo planned in Detroit. That's right. This is fantastic. Uh, okay, and we will put uh, actual uh, links and information about all the things that we're talking about uh, in the comments of the show once it's posted so that you have a place to follow into. Um, I am going to look back at the question a little bit. Uh, and... Um, Whatever questions that you all feel like you might be comfortable in answering, I would appreciate your thoughts on them. Uh, So in the last paragraph of the topic, the first question is, what kept you going while doing prison support, even when it felt hopeless? Uh, And the examples they give you are sheer will uh, or small victories. Um, So it goes without saying that this is a ton of work. Um, and it has to take a, a moral, an emotional toll on the people who are doing the support work at some point. Um, and I wonder if either one of you would or were willing to talk about that experience or what it's been like for you. Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. I've been doing prisoner support since 2012 um, and in a, in a variety of ways. It definitely is painful, <clears throat> but I 
I think that's, it's not so much different from most of the things we're fighting for and doing as anarchists. Um, like most things feel hopeless often, <laughs> very painful. They're just like an inconceivable amount of suffering in the world. Um, and so many of our projects are trying to address that. Um, so I think a lot of these questions that we have about prisoner support and how to maintain it are true for so many other projects also. Um, and like the pain that we experience with our friends in prison, um, we also experience a lot of a lot of pain with our, our friendships with people not in prison. Um, so I think a lot of the same things are relevant in so many aspects of our lives. Um, and some of the, th the same things like help us keep going through those things. And so when I find prisoner support to be most fulfilling and sustainable is when it's relationship relational, when it is really about friendships and it's not like this disconnected or tedious thing, but it's like a connection that you have with someone that is both painful and joyful and hard and like really beautiful the same that you would have a friendship with someone who's not in prison. <clears throat> and it's, it's maybe the aspect of prisoner support that aren't relation, relational that are harder for me. Um, like when we're trying to address more su systemic things, like when you're not just supporting one person, but like, I don't know, you're trying to stop a prison from doing a shitty thing to everyone that's inside. Ah. <clears throat> and that's a little bit harder, I think, to like feel the same motivation and the same joy from it sometimes sure that's a big yeah, ask I think, that sums, I, think, I think that sums it up really well um you know like we don't we don't abandon our friends just because the state's blocking away that's that's very much giving in to the state and uh it's helpful to think of it that way and and you know acts uh in solidarity with people we have affinity with too, which is easier to establish when, when you have some sort of relations with them. So I want to talk about acts of solidarity a little bit, uh, because whenever they happen and whenever they, the communiques get released and they get talked about, um, there's always the people in the thread who talk about, you know, uh, this is fruitless. This is dumb. It does, there's, there's, there's no point in here. Um, and uh, I... I'm wondering what your experience is with um, prisoners uh, in reaction to uh, acts of solidarity that happen on the outside. Do they, do they know? Do they notice? Does it, do, does it matter to them? Do they? Um, yeah. I'm curious about what that looks like, what your experience is. Yeah. I, I think it does matter to them. Um, and I've, I have heard that from, you know, directly from multiple prisoners that it is meaningful to them to hear those kinds of things. Um, not just that people are thinking of them, but also that people are continuing to fight for the things that they are fighting for or that they are in prison for fighting for. Um, again, I think so many things are hopeless, but that's not always what I'm going for. Or <laughs> like, you know, is that, um, is that going to get somebody out of prison? No, but neither is, is probably anything else in a lot of cases, you know, there are things to try, but, um, I just don't think that that's always the right way to look at it. Like, Oh, that's not worth doing. Um, like there are, sort of less tangible ways that those acts can be meaningful for people in prison. Yeah, I mean, you can see it too. And like when there was more anarchist periodicals uh, as they began to dwindle a little bit more, but you could see letters from, from prisoners ex expressing their appreciation of people still fighting on the outside and things like that. But yeah, you, you hear the stories more individually, personally, from people when you're corresponding with them. And um, I think it, it goes back a little bit to the previous question of like, um, you know, we, you set, you set small goals um, to like develop feelings of accomplishment or whatever, but, um, and, but it also like contributes to someone's 
well-being mentally and otherwise when, when they see that you're working on this thing. And, uh, and I, I think we could all benefit from setting our aspirations, uh, higher. And, um, you know, I think there's something in the question of the week about going bigger, you know, and I, I don't like, it, it's hard to imagine succeeding in anything like that, but you know, it's that old anarchist sentiment of, uh, demanding the impossible or whatever, you know, it's, you know, our whole project, like Caitlin said, is, can, could be viewed as, as hopeless in some sense because um, it's it's a big fight but uh you know that's what we're here for is it you know the prisoner support is, is an aspect of our uh anarchism it's not the entirety of it but it is an important part uh yeah my when i was a young liberal what drew me to the anarchists was that from a liberal perspective all the things that they wanted were ridiculous like you're never mm-hmm. gonna no one's ever gonna give you these things. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other people around me were like, Well, we're not asking, and yet we're gonna ask anyway. And you know, at some point we're just gonna take it. We're gonna we're, you know, if the world is just gonna be the shit world that it is, and we're just gonna ask what we want for what we want, and we're not gonna compromise. And um and mm-hmm. this yeah, this feels so fundamental to that, for sure. Um, and what you were referencing. Uh, Wode in the topic of the week is the question, should we shift our focus from letter writing, noise demos and such to prison breaks? Um, And I have in my head all the great Greek stories of (laughs) (laughs) escape and prison break and of course um, you know the the great stories in uh, Uye, Ombre Uye uh, and the you know three or four other prison break books that I've read that I can't think of the titles of right this moment um mm-hmm. and you know i want the answer to be yes but that just feels like such a whole different level of engagement and on some level just as in yeah just so impossible and so i like the idea of dreaming big but i um uh, or i don't know maybe the answer is just i don't know how to do that I don't know how to envision a group of people being able to do something like that. So, um, it, it, it involves it, a lot of creativity. It sure. So it just feels like it lives on the shelf on the impossible shelf with all the other stuff that we want. That's impossible. Um, definitely mm-hmm. a lot of creativity, um, uh, a lot of know-how. Um, I'm sure, you know, various levels of intelligence and skill sets and, um, like I, you know, I only know know one person who knows how to fly, fly a helicopter, and they're not native. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, like I don't know, I don't know what I bring to this conversation. Well, um, one of those instances, they uh, had, they went on a helicopter tour and uh, held a guy at gunpoint to get him to try to fly. It didn't work out, but but, they, but they were, creativity. There's another options. See, very good creativity. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um. I want to talk a little bit about our uh, local organization here, East Bay Prisoner Support. Um, They send literature to prisoners. Um, They have been doing it for a long time. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to reference uh, uh, a series of texts messages. Um, They, uh, in the next, in the, uh, Starting on, starting on June 11th for two weeks, uh, are going to be selling raffle tickets to raffle off a, a wide range of prizes. Um, uh, shirts, patches, stickers, screen prints, paintings, and herbal consulta- consultation. Uh, LBC has donated $200 gift certificates to them to raffle off. Um, the fundraiser raffle will be happening through their Instagram, at uh, EBPS. Raffle, that's EBPS for East Bay Prisoner Support. Um, they're an anarchist collective uh, that's been in Oakland since 2007, sending anti-capitalist and revolutionary literature to U.S. prisoners. Um, they have absolute solidarity with those who fight back and all those who are, who are captured and imprisoned by the state. They have over 60 titles in their catalog and provide zines free of charge by request to prisoners in all states. And they respond to between 50 and 100 letters from prisoners every month. Um, you can, uh, uh, if you, the raffle prizes are pickup, are local, 
Uh, and so if you can't um, get to a raffle prize, you can always donate them to them through Venmo, which is East Bay Prisoner Support. Um, they're fantastic people. We've known them for years. Uh, we've let them use the print shop to do their printing uh, at various times. Um, I'm honored to know them uh, and so glad that they're still around. And so, you know, forego your Starbucks one morning and Venmo your money to East Bay Prisoner Support or uh, buy a raffle ticket. Um, uh, does June 11 raise money? Or do individual prisoners supports organizations? Sorry, do, do the individual supports for prisoners, do they do their own? Or is it both? I'm sorry, that was a weird question. Uh, so June 11th does not have like a central fundraising anything. Um, on the website, you can find links to different funds. Um, like there's one in Greece, there's, you know, the ABC War Chest, there's the, the Bloomington ABC Solidarity Fund. Um, and then also on the website with lists of prisoners are links to individual um, websites and uh, fundraising for those who have it. Uh, yeah, I'm scrolling through uh, the June 11th website while we're chatting and it's just an absolute amazing wealth of information. Um, and there's there's lots of things uh, going on. Uh, Sean Swain is up for parole. Uh, uh, Eric King is in a fight with his prison again. I went past it too fast. Um, and uh, sorry, now I'm now I'm being distracted. There's too much information in front of me. I have to stop reading. Um, uh, so we'll put that information in the notes. Um, so it sounds like I, I appreciate very much, um, Caitlin, your analysis of the prisoner support work being not that far from the work on the other big, impossible, overwhelming projects that anarchists are endeavoring, uh, on and, um, uh, yeah. So for our listeners who already have projects um, or for whatever reason in their lives don't have time to make something like June 11 or EBPS or support Eric King, their, their, their thing. Um, but if you have a little bit of time, how can you help? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was thinking about what, what Rode and you said about dreaming big. Um, I think sometimes we can also dream small so that it is less daunting. Um, and that's maybe one thing I hear is being like a barrier to doing prisoner support work. And it doesn't have to be like a full-time thing. Like you can write a letter or send an email to somebody like once a month um, or even less often um, and just be honest about like what your capacity is. You can send money you know, once a year, you can send books, you know, as often as you can, can make that happen. Um, and really what I would love to see is like our, supporting our prisoners be integrated into the rest of our lives. Like it doesn't just have to be a chore, but, um, you know, friends in prison can be somebody that you talk to about things in your life that like help you keep going. You know, it can be a thing that that um, that is rejuvenating and not just depleting. Um, and like whatever you're doing, somehow tie, tie supporting prisoners into that. Like if you're a person who makes music, you can make some of that about prisoners or mention them if, um, you know, anything like that. If you're distroing things, if you're writing, like mention people, just finding little ways to like have them be a part of our lives that isn't like, <clears throat> that isn't separate from everything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, vastness of, of incarceration in the United States means, too, there's no, like, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's no limit to, like, the amount of, of those oppressive structures that surround us. So there's, there's lots of stuff close to pretty much wherever you live. Um, 
to find, you know, if you have a noise demo or whatever, like, and it's, it's kind of an amazing thing, um, to see people like, you know, flipping lights on and like, you know, motioning from inside and, and doing all these sort of things and making a connection with people you wouldn't otherwise know. Um, but yeah, there's like, you know, I'm saying though, like it's, it's incredibly easy to do something small that can really make a difference in uh, someone's day. It's incredibly easy to do something small that can really make a difference in someone's day. And um, I think we're going to end on that note because that's, yeah, I don't know that that could be better said. Thank you so very much, both of you, um, for your time and your words. This was absolutely fantastic. Hopefully we've um, uh, given people some new information and opened up some access for them that they didn't know how to find before. Um, good luck with uh, uh, June 11 and the run-up to and uh, with all the work that you're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Uh, okay, that's it for today, Anarchy Land. Um, uh, write a letter. Go do it now. You're not doing anything else. You're just hanging out, listening to a podcast. Um, go to June11.org. Uh, pick a prisoner, any prisoner. It doesn't matter. And write a letter. Um, and outside of that, uh, be safe and stay angry and watch your backs and... Uh, until next time. Bye. This week's podcast. This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New is written and read by Chiseling Greg. And we thank Ariel and a friend for the help with the topic of the week. Solidarity with political prisoners. We hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site anarchistnews.org. To learn more, anarchist and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material are available at littleblackheart.com for news by and or about anarchists and up to minute commentary. See you at anews.org and or the Anarchist News IRC chat room and or the Pleroma Antisocial with Dots. With Dots. Everything's linked on anews. I asked the government to lock some days off my time.